Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jeff Needs Sports. I'm Jeff. That's Walker. And we're here to talk about the Week 7 Playoff Rankings. Hey, what is up, everybody? I'm Jeff. This is Jeff Needs Sports. And this is the release of my Week 7 Playoff Rankings. I know I say it every week. I'm not trying to be condescending. But if you're new to the show, these are what I think the rankings will be like going into the playoffs, not who I think are the best 8 to 12 teams in America. Um, you know, I factor in schedules. I factor in voters, you know, you know, the voter agenda, all of these things. So when, when uh, we talk about these teams, when we talk about everything, I'm basing it on – of like we're up to what I think this is the eighth year now of the playoffs. What I what I think the voters will do, what I think the council will do, and all that. This is not this is not a if we have a tournament tomorrow, who I think will win. So that's very important. So I want to get that out of the way. But uh, for, and then I want to introduce uh, Walker Bailey. Thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing this week? I'm great. We're one day closer to Saturday, right? And that's always this, a good thing. Yeah, let's take two minutes to just acknowledge this is one of the greatest. Saturday yeah. schedules that we've had. This has been a good. This has been a good schedule for the whole season. I think we could probably do a half hour on how good the season schedule has been overall. This is a great Saturday coming up, and I know you and I both. I don't have a team playing this week, but you and I both are really excited for how good our teams are doing. Um, uh, the opportunities ahead of us. It's it's nice in college football to have the clear path. Like we know, we win, we're in, and that's a fun time to be. So as a, as an old Miss fan, man, how's it going there? It's going well. They've got Auburn coming to town this week, so we'll see. Um, this is, I mean, it's one that historically has given Ole Miss fits. They, quite frankly, never beat Auburn. Whether Auburn's bad, good, doesn't exist, whatever it is, Auburn always finds a way to to get the best of Ole Miss. It's actually the only team other than Alabama in Lane Kiffin's tenure that, that he hasn't beaten. Oh, my goodness. One. So, and Auburn's not, and like Auburn and Alabama are in a little bit different places right now. So, um, It'll be interesting. Ole Miss should win. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people probably are going to be satisfied with. Like, I think they may have to sneak out with one just because that's how Ole Miss Auburn goes. But we'll see. I'll be in person, so I'll be there in oh, person. Nice. So, well, uh, I'll miss Penn State, Michigan, and Kansas OU and a couple of the other early games. But when you get an opportunity to go and uh, watch your team in person, you got to do it. Now at Ole Miss, when you guys are, are tailgating and do, you're doing all the pregame stuff or postgame stuff, do you watch the other games? Like as far as like at Ohio State, it's like it's just hundreds of campers. Everybody's got a TV. Everybody just kind of stops mm-hmm. and like watches the games before they enter the stadium. Is it similar to that? Yeah. So you've got the you've got the tent set up everywhere across the Grove, across campus, and like, yeah, that's, way, that's that's nasty. That's so nasty. The way, and the way it works is like a. Um, you know, a lot of people have power sources where they'll run their cables and then they'll bring sure. like, mounts and then they'll mount their TVs in the corner of the tent and run cable in there. So while you're okay. sitting and eating and conversing, so you've got the t- TVs in the tent where if you just turn around and look, you can see whatever game is on. So, you know, if you go back to the Grove after Ole Miss Auburn, like, you know, Alabama, Tennessee will be on the TV in your tent. So if you want to stay in oh. game. You could sit there with your buds and watch Alabama, Tennessee, and stay in the Grove as opposed to having to book it home to try to catch games. Yep. It's pretty cool. That, it's 
it's the same way we do. Uh, you know, you if 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 it's an early game, you leave Ohio Stadium, uh, you go to a, you go to the tailgate, and then everybody sits around and watches whatever like the three thirty game is or the night game is. Or if we're playing late, everybody gathers around and watches. But you have some really great conversations because everybody's there to watch college mm-hmm. football, and you're like, you you can. It's amazing some of the really in depth like smart conversations that you'll have because I say that a lot. I'm like, I met. You know, I might meet 15 people smarter at a tailgate than anybody on ESPN, you know, that day. So I get what you're coming from, man. That's awesome. So uh, I won't get too distracted on that because I love we both love the the mystique, the pageantry, you know, everything about college football. Things are things are going great for our team. We had a great Saturday coming up. So what uh, what I've what brought Walker on here for for tonight is this a release of my week seven playoff rankings about every two weeks i do these again they're my playoff rankings not who i think are the best teams in america and then he's going to tell me what what's right what's wrong um what's indifferent you know how crazy i am so uh yeah here we go um there they are uh so here i'll go i'll go eight through one and then i'll let walker tear me apart uh, at eight, I got Tennessee. Um, I'll give you the explanation why when we start talking about it. At seven, I got I still got Oklahoma State. Everybody that knows it's it's followed me all season. I'm I'm stuck on Oklahoma State. We'll talk more about that. I've got Alabama at six, and I know that's a shocker. Go ahead and send your tweets now. I've got every reason for it. Five, I've got uh, Michigan. Four, I've got USC. I know we're going to talk about that, Walker. Three, I've got Clemson. Two, I've got Georgia. One, I've got Ohio State. And I know I'm an Ohio State fan, but it, that is not why. I'm not the only person in the country that has Ohio State number one this week in any kind of ranking, but um, I do have number one in my playoff uh, rankings this week. So, um, Walker, I'll just let you go, man. You ask me the questions. I've got a, I've got a list here of some sort of reasoning uh, to try and get myself out of this. Uh, you, you let me know your, You let me know your thoughts. Well, and I'll just like, I'll start. Like, I totally agree that Ohio State deserves to be first in any ranking right now. They've handled business in a way that a yeah, number they, one. That's it. They, they've handled their business. Uh, but, but I just want to throw this out at you. I, and, you know, I, I push back a little on Ohio State fans because everybody's like, they need to be number one. They need to be number one. I also say that a lot of, if, if any of these probably top five teams had a high state schedule, they would be undefeated. They would look pretty good. I think that. You know, if Bryce Young was a quarterback at Ohio State, they would still look the same. Like, I don't think there's the void there between the next teams that everybody thinks. But I will admit, Ohio State has done everything they needed to do, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, so I'll just like we'll go with the obvious one here: Alabama <laughs> six. Um, and I'll just so- tell you why, right? Okay, yeah, just yeah. go for it. Take over. I just kind of want to hear. No, I'm, I'll tell you why, and then I'll I'll take your questions. Okay. Strictly because when I when I do my rankings, I I try to I pick the games, and that that's what I try to separate myself is like I go out on a limb and I pick the games. That's why I don't have. We'll we'll say. Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss in the top six because it just can't end up that way. So yeah. I pick games, and I think that this week, I think Tennessee can pick Alabama off. That that's that's my entire reasoning for that. Not that I think Alabama's a bad team. I just think this specific week the Tennessee can pick them off. I will say this that and I guess I mean I, everybody's assuming it, but Bryce Young is playing Saturday. Like that I, I've the, heard, I've heard he's going to play Saturday. So yeah. that's why I, I'm, I'm less playing. confident than I was, but I can't, I couldn't back down. You know what I mean? Like I got to right. stick with my pick. 
My yeah, my only thing with um with Alabama Tennessee this weekend is I loved Tennessee last week, and then I started listening to, you know, we get to Sunday after A and M almost beats Alabama and Tuscaloosa, and now all of a sudden everybody loves Tennessee, and right. I'm kind of in the place where like you know, like I would looked it up today because I was like, am I just hearing this on TV or is this a real thing? And like, I know we kind of complain about how gambling has affected sports, but like. 90% of public wagers are on Tennessee against Alabama oh, right now, boy. which kind of makes me feel like this is the spot where Alabama kind of rolls up in there and pipes them. I, and, and I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I, I'm banking everything on um, – I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but I, even though Bryce Young's playing, um, something makes me nervous about his shoulder. Um, yeah. And that's that strictly – I'm banking everything on the, the fact well, that, that, like, I – I don't think he's healthy, and I don't think Monroe could beat Tennessee, even though I think he could probably gut out most victories. I do think that for Alabama, like if and just are here, like I think if they're going to win that game, um, I do think we may have more than a Bryce Young game. I think this may be like a Will Anderson game, like where he looks across from a right tackle or a left <laughs> tackle and just says, you know what? Like I'm going to go and have four sacks or – Force two fumbles, and we're gonna we're gonna get short fields, and we're gonna pull away and win this thing. He 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 was a monster last week for Texas A&M, yeah. an absolute monster. Um, well, and if he doesn't, though, Tennessee's got a real shot because if they can block up front, like they're like they're well coached in that offense, like they're gonna get guys open, and they've Hendon Hooker's gonna throw guys open. That's where he's at confidence wise yeah. right now. The ball he threw against LSU last week was absurd the ball like in between the safety and the corner yeah. guy and tried and, and put it in the end zone. Like, um, yeah. And then USC at four. So I know you said you picked the games. So you've got, <laughs> I'm guessing that that means you think that they're going to Salt Lake city and winning this weekend. And I do. And you don't. And, and there's two things that factor here. I'll, I'll be full disclosure. I've been on USC since day one and I'm like, well, I don't like, I, lo- I looked at the schedule day one. I saw the quality of teams. My, my rankings didn't come out till after week two, so I had a time to see everybody play, and I said that USC was going to win this game. So I didn't want to change it now because, like, uh, they're not scoring as much as I thought. You brought up some great points, which we'll bring up here in a minute. And I'm like, well, no, because, you know, some of, some of it, this is the probably the one that is the most about integrity as far as, like, I'm just sticking to my guns. I picked yeah. USC. If I back down now, then what are my rankings really worth? I mean, I got to believe in what I said, you know, four weeks ago, but I'm very shaky on it. But I do think if they get through Utah, I think they beat UCLA. They're going to beat Notre Dame. You get a ton of credit for beating Notre Dame, whoever you are, whether it's a high state, whether you're Cincinnati, right. whatever, at the end of the season. And then I, you know, Obviously, I think they're going to go undefeated, which I know is ludicrous. It is ludicrous to think that USC is going to go undefeated. But when I go down through their schedule, I'm like, I think there's a chance, more than I think there's a chance that Michigan, Alabama, Oklahoma State, or Tennessee go undefeated. I think it's almost impossible for Tennessee to go undefeated you know, and I can't as complain, good as they are. And I can't really complain because like, I think like four through eight here are – all likely to drop one at some point. Yeah, but I want to hear your thoughts on USC Utah because what you text me made a lot of sense. So, I mean, I just – my problem with USC as a team right now is, is they are improved defensively. So, like, I want to get that out there because I don't want it to sound like I'm just crapping on their defense and they're not good. But 
it's a defense that relies on forcing turnovers and relies on opponents making mistakes over the course of games. And we saw that in Corvallis. Like, they they needed um, – God, I can't remember the kid's name, but the poor kid that played quarterback that night, um, Chance Nolan, I think, yeah. at Oregon State. He threw, like, three interceptions, two in plus territory, and USC got out of there with, like, a three-point win. So I, it was one of those where I was like, you know – Oregon State's good. They're not great. So when you go play these other teams, like like a fifth quarterback at UCLA and DTR or Cam Rising, who played in a Rose Bowl <laughs> last year, like I don't, I'm just hesitant to think that those guys are going to make those mistakes. And then I also worry about the run defense against those teams because USC has been, has, gives up a lot of chunk plays on the ground. And like U- Utah is going to get in the power eye and like run at you with Tavion Thomas and even rising is capable of making plays with his legs and like read ops and stuff. And then like DTR and Charbonnet are dynamic in a different, completely yeah. different style of rushing attack. So I just have those concerns with USC. And I know that even, I think they play at UCLA, which is a non-factor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just oh. think that, I just think they're likely to drop one of them. I think they could drop both of them. I just me, think they're me- yeah, me too. And this was a situation to where, like, you know, I, I try to project the conference champions, especially undefeated conference champions. And I think the best shot was USC or UCLA. And I literally was like, I got to pick between the two. This is where, I mean, I I spent an exorbitant amount of time picking these games. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was, or picking these teams or slash picking these games. It's between USC, UCLA. It's between TCU, Oklahoma State, between Old Miss, Tennessee. I went, I mean, I went round and round. I made charts. I, I look at stats. They're identical. Like these teams in these conferences, like stats are identical. You have to like watch. I don't get to watch them as much as I wish I could because A, East Coast, highest State, all the tape I watch and all these things. And I'm like, I, it, I literally was like, I'm either going to put UCLA at four, I'm going to put USC at four. And I'm like, Week two, I said USC. I'm going to stick to my guns because whatever, whatever Jeff, you know, four weeks ago was thinking, I got to trust, and that's it. Everything you say, I think, is correct. And if you tell me they're going to lose both those games, I'd be like, no, I believe it. But then I'm like, but if they, but if they, a lot of it's path because they're still just in a situation to where if they went out, they're in, just like UCLA or I don't. Utah's not in that situation, so. Well, yeah, then, that, that's then why they they're not quite as the tough. They get the tough Pac-12 championship game and that hypothetical against Oregon too. More than I guess yeah. it was Oregon, so they've got a couple of tough ones left. I don't have any problem with Ole Miss not being. Most there. of these teams have a really tough schedule left. That's how. That's why I was where exactly I was about to go. I don't have a. Pro- that's why I don't have a problem with Ole Miss not being there, because they're about to go. I mean, you get Auburn this week, which is really kind of like a game you should mm-hmm. win. But after that. You go to LSU, which, I mean, I don't care how bad LSU is. That's a hard place to win. You follow that up. You turn around and then go to Kyle Field the next week, which is enough another really tough place to win. Yeah. And then you get the open date, and then you get Alabama, <laughs> turn around, go to Fayetteville, come home and play Mississippi State, and that's just – That is a gauntlet. And, and let me tell you, I'm glad you brought that up. We'll just, uh, you know, everybody can see this here. Well, I want to talk about Oklahoma State TCU for a minute, but before yeah. I get there, well, let's look at my next four. And I didn't rank these four; I just put them up there, so I don't have like so I don't have a top twelve. 
uh, Ole Miss is in my next four. And everything you said when I was deciding between them and Tennessee, the the edge that I gave Tennessee is that I think they get a worse Alabama team this week. Yeah. That's it. That's the difference in the team. I think that if they if they all play Saturday in some I don't know magical Xbox tournament, I think Ole Miss has you know just as much a shot as Tennessee. I think Tennessee is getting a more vulnerable Alabama team than Ole Miss is going to see later in the season. This is all projection. I mean, obviously a sprained ankle here or there changes it, but that is, it was paper thin. You see UCLA. I said the same thing about then you see TCU and then you see Penn state. The common theme here is these are all the teams that basically all these teams are in the same situation as the teams above them in their conference. It's just like, yep. how's it going to go? Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan are ex- all in the exact same boat. Like, they all went out there in. They all play each other. It's all the same. Oklahoma State, TCU play each other this weekend. Uh, Old Miss, Tennessee, essentially, they don't have the same schedule, but they got the same path right. to get there. And I gave Tennessee the edge just because they get – I think that them getting Alabama this weekend is the only edge. Because I do think Alabama's a really good team. I still think they're good. And and I think if they get healthy late, um, then they're they they might be really good. So, but if you can catch my them hope, now, my hope is that Alabama. Like if I'm being selfish, my hope is that Alabama wins like forty eight to nothing, and then goes on a roll here and just kind of lulls themselves back to sleep by week nine. That's that's what that's we're hoping. fair. Nothing, yeah, that's a fair thing. No, this weekend I want Penn State to get to the snot clobbered out of them. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't want them to come out of that healthy and, you know, energized. Like, you know, I want them to, I want to sit back and watch them have a tough game. That's the same thing. So I want to talk about Oklahoma state TCU real quick. Um, I picked Oklahoma state earlier. Again, that's what gives them the edge. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm not personally tied to these teams. Uh, I had Oklahoma state last year and honestly, what I was an inch away from being right about Oklahoma State last season, um, <laughs> you know, in the conference championship game. So I stuck with Oklahoma State. They play TCU this weekend. TCU's favored. Uh, TCU just came off a great game. Both these teams, when you line them up, both have had not so great schedules. And it, nobody's had a great, a great schedule right now, let's be honest. Um, and then uh, their stats are the same defensively, offensively. They both have quarterbacks that, you know, uh, make they make good decisions. They've been around a minute. Um, you know, they, they've got like, like you say, they've got that extra gene, you know, they got that moxie or whatever. I, it is so hard to find a separation. I went with Oklahoma state because I went with them early. And I think Mike Riley, I think he's done a really good job for years and he just like slips up in the one game or again, last year, like inches away in the championship game. How do you feel about Oklahoma state TCU? So we weirdly don't give Oklahoma State the benefit of any doubt every year, despite the fact that they've won 18 of their last 20 football games and that program's <laughs> like run. Like we don't give them the benefit of any doubt because they always lose at the most untimely time. Yes. Like they just lose at the worst moments. Now, with all of that being said, I'm picking TCU. Like yeah. I think TCU is going to win. I think it's one of those where like the the margins are razor thin. And yeah. I think a sellout crowd in Fort Worth, which is a sneaky hard place to play, ask Oklahoma. Um, I just think I think being in Fort Worth, kind of a midday kickoff. I think TCU is I think TCU's for real, and I think we've kind of under undervalued them a little bit. 
Like Sonny Dykes came in, lost his best offensive weapon to the portal to Ole and then turned around and turned an offense into a juggernaut. Um, I so I like I like TCU Saturday almost strictly off of home field, and I think that we're I think what we're trending towards in the Big Twelve is we're going to get undefeated TCU against undefeated with Quinn Ewers Texas. That's um, what I think, and, and I said undefeated with so like they'd be like I, and that's like the second to last week of the season so they would be like I guess like eight and two nine and two and yeah. TCU would be like nine and oh ten and oh something like that and it's in yeah. Austin too so I agree I mean I've got a slightly bad taste in my mouth for TCU we went down to uh, Texas a few years ago to watch Ohio State versus TCU not a didn't come away with a great taste in my mouth for the TCU fans, but you know how it is. You can meet a group of fans and you know develop a, a negative connotation, but came away with the win. Neither here or there. They just I'm they not just as, battered us in the Peach Bowl, not uh, back in the Hugh Freeze era. They just absolutely beat the piss out of us. Yeah, the year that they finished, uh, mm. I want to say they finished twelve and one, won the Big Twelve or something like that, and oh, got left believe me, believe me, we heard all about it. I know. Well, they came to Atlanta. You know, they, you know, they came to Atlanta all pissed off and all, like, with an agenda. Ole came, and Ole Miss came into that game, and the players would tell you they came into the game a little bit hungover, just yep, had a good time. And TCU came in looking for blood, and it was yeah. just they were on two different wavelengths. Yep, nope. They yeah, got. I, I, was, I turned it off by the end of the probably the <laughs> end of the uh, second possession of the second quarter because it was twenty eight to nothing. Yeah, it was bad. So I'll ask you this question. If I would have put, let, let's say now, looking at this the way I've got it now, we'll say if I switched out USC for Pac-12 and I switched out Oklahoma State for Big 12, which one of those do you think has a better shot at the playoffs? Whoever you think is going to win their, those conferences. Oh, I think I think Gundy wins the Pac-12 relatively easily. I think USC has a really hard time in the Big 12. I, I okay. think that USC, I think USC's line play and the fact that if they were in the Big 12, they wouldn't would rely on creating turnovers because we just like you just said it. So many quarterbacks that make good decisions and play high quality football. Like I mean, you, in the Big 12, and I know he just got hurt, but you got Jalen Daniels, Max Duggan. Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel. Um, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Adrian Martinez this year who hasn't thrown an interception. I mean, that's that's half the conference. That's half a schedule. And so I think who's it? I just think is that been the most is that been the most surprise what's been the most surprising conference, Pac twelve or Big Twelve? I think I think it's I think think it's it's the Pac twelve for me. See, I think for me it's the Big Twelve quality from top to bottom in the sense that there's not a single team that's not good. Especially when, especially when Oklahoma is not a good team in it, yeah. and and they're a good team, they are potentially the second worst team in that conference. I think them in West Virginia, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I mean, Oklahoma could still knock somebody off. Like if Oka, if Oklahoma plays a a, they Oklahoma would probably win the Big Ten West. Oh, I mean, if <laughs> I tell being, you, if I told being, you that Oklahoma beat Kansas on Saturday, thirty-five to ten, are you going to immediately call me a liar? Like, are you just like, <laughs> no, like no, no? I I think this has been. I, we we won't go too far down the rabbit hole now. Maybe we'll do you know. I know you guys do a college football show, um, and you'll talk about it. But I I think it's been a better season than we've realized, and I think it's about to get really good. Like yeah. I think we're about to have a really good 
you know, I think what we got left now, six weeks of the season. I think think, six and a half weeks. I think the big 12 has been the biggest difference. Um, You know, I think the way Texas played, you know, Saturday was awesome. You know, obviously Kansas has been awesome. You know, I think I think that's been a big difference. I think the Pac-12 having we thought Washington was for real, but I couldn't have been more wrong about a team. I had Washington number eight two weeks ago, and they got blasted two weeks in a row. To be fair, the AP had Michigan State at eleven about four weeks and ago, and they're pretty horrible. They are a dumpster fire. So um, for sure. So um, the only okay, let's do this real quick. We got a little extra time. Um, it feels like you're feels like you're close on my rankings you don't think yeah. i'm an idiot it feels like no, usc think- is feels like usc is the one but if i put who would who would you put it for i would have so i probably would have done it right now i probably would have gone ohio state georgia alabama clemson michigan usc so you still think that alabama and georgia are both getting into playoffs i i do i because right now because look at the schedule and, and, and remember I'm basing mine on I think Tennessee beats them this weekend. I just want everybody to be right. clear. And that's, that's why, why I like me. That's like why you don't. in the mind I'm in, I think Alabama pops them this weekend. And okay. if we go down that road, I think also one of the underrated storylines we're not talking about this year is that the SEC West is actually not that good. And so I don't think that they're losing to Mississippi State the following week, even though State's good. Like, they're a good football team. Yeah, no, State's having a good season, by the way. Rodgers is putting up stupid numbers, by the way. And so they've got – I don't think they're losing there. Um, They've got – they already took care of their road trip to Arkansas. I mean, they're probably not losing to Auburn, who's got a lame duck head coach, and that game's in Tuscaloosa this year. So – the weird ones happen at Jordan Hare when they go to Tusc- when they go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama just beats the brakes off of them. So yeah. then that kind of leaves you. You're like, all right, well then do you- and LSU not going to get them. That game's in Tuscaloosa too. I'm pretty sure. And so then you're like, all right, well is Lane going to beat them in Oxford? And for me right now, I don't think they're there. So when when I originally did my rankings, I said either. Tennessee, this was originally, I know it sounds crazy yeah. now. Origi- well, I wasn't actually, I sh- it doesn't sound crazy because Texas A&M were one terrible play call away from winning that game. Yeah. But I said that either Texas A&M, Ole Miss, or Tennessee would beat them before. And then I'm, I'm hinging a lot on, you know, if, if somebody can jump them and keep Alabama out of that conference championship game, yeah. that's that's how they stay out of the playoffs. Well, and this is this is not an anti-Alabama podcast. I just yeah, they got a I lot think of things. It has and, to be Ole Miss and that con- that's the only way they're not getting in is if Ole Miss somehow magically like runs yeah. the table. And like we and I just read. I don't think game. it would do magically though. I mean, I know it would be like every game, like it would take a great effort, but I don't think it would be magical. I think that. I think that everything could fall in place and it, that it could wind up that way. And that's kind of kind of what yeah. I'm banking on. And again, I'll know a lot more after this weekend. Say if Alabama this, though, wins this weekend, then it's crazy. You mentioned the play call and uh, at the end of Alabama. Did you watch the uh, the Saban thing where he did the thing at the TV and was walking you through like the defense? No, I, I missed it. I heard it was good. Yeah, so – it was a, it was an incredible watch because Saban apparently like when he was talking about it he went into the huddle and and you know how college football works like that was not a play that they called on Saturday night on the two they they because you're basically running a two point play there and it's like they called yeah. that on Wednesday they ran whatever their right. 
and they had run a they had run that exact play um, earlier in the game against Alabama's goal line defense or whatever and scored a touchdown. And so they were like, all right, well, we know that's going to work and we're going to go back to it. And Saban predicted on the sideline in the timeout that that's what they were going to do and took all of his defensive backs and switched the leverage. So yeah. now instead of inside le- or outside leverage, air leverage, they're all giving inside leverage. And so A&M lined up without a timeout and had no idea what to do. And they just had to like try to figure it out. Yeah. And so you know, just, when Saban, when up. Saban didn't do that was versus uh, Clemson uh, yep. and Deshaun Watson in that national championship game. He did the opposite and stuck with his defense. And he stuck with the inside. And, yeah, and he gave he gave that uh, that sprint open. So, you know that and that's and that's the thing. It's like not negative, but that's that's called coaching. Like that's yep. that's 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 where coaching steps in. Saban's one of the greatest defenses. Well, and then like they tried know, to on that other side, they tried to run that pylon route that a lot of teams run, where you basically you try to push the DB and then you come back yeah. to the pylon and you come throw back right to the pylon. But the problem with that is for that to work, the DB has to bite. And when you're on the two, you're not going to be able to sell him. That there's no space. There's I, no I space. always. I'm always a fan of getting a quarterback moving in that situation just because it gives you the freak chance of like he sees a gap he can dive in or something or, or a that, guy comes across or and you're never going to get the penalty there either. Like I don't care what happens there. Like, you know, Alabama's guy could have picked him up and threw him into the sidelines. You're yeah. you're not going to get a that, penalty there. Well, that I never hate that. Like, you know, a lot of people we saw like the trend like 5 years ago where a lot of people would run the play action and then run the leak route to the other side of the end zone. And that like, it worked like 80% of the time. And then people just stopped doing it. They were just like, nah, we're done. Cause I yeah. was like, I remember Dan Mullen at Florida with every quarterback he had there, like they'd run it all the time and they would just, and the kid would just be standing there wide open. And I, it happened a few times Saturday where I was like, I think Kansas ran it multiple times. They ran like their leak concepts or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I mean it still works. They should do yeah. like people should try that more. <laughs> well, so. if you watch like if you watch the Kansas City Chiefs lot, you know, Monday night, you know, on the you know, when they get in the red zone, they do so many things and guys are catching wide open balls. Like I'm always a fan of like especially when it's desperation, like when that you got one throw. I don't like throwing towards the sidelines because a bad throw can just end your game as to where like I'll take my chances on a tipped interception, but it could also be a tipped touchdown. Like yeah. it gives me, even if it's one percent more chance, um, you know what I mean, of uh, yeah. of a tip we'll ball. And too. I'm a firm believer in get your best player the ball, and like six should have touched the ball there. A chain yeah. probably should have touched the ball one way or another. And the problem with Haynes King playing quarterback for them is he goes through that super long elongated motion where he like stops at the top of the so that, like it just gives everybody so much time to react. It was just a bad spot for AM and it's not a spot where you really trust Haynes. And it was the last play of the game regardless. Like, you were going to have zeros on the clock regardless. And that's why I'm kind of like, if you had just handed the ball off up the middle there, like, I think yeah. you probably just walk in. Like, I know. I know, and I know it's hindsight's tough. 20, hindsight's 2020. That's why, that's why I'm all in on, the, on Kansas as head coach because he's so good at all that stuff. Yeah, like, I, I mean, hope there was, ha- there was stuff he was doing Saturday on, where they were he had TCU defenders running into each other on Saturday, and like yeah, those were fascinating. Guys been, and those were guys that had been all conference DBs, like they were yeah. just running into each other. If he and I've I said this on Field Stormers last week um, because we were talking about Paul Chris getting fired. 
for me, and this is not what Wisconsin's going to end up doing, I don't think. For me, that's the most obvious head coaching hire in the world because for he's, everybody. Well, but even but even for him, like he coached at Wisconsin Whitewater for all those years. He's super familiar with the ground. His family loved it there. Like that's somewhere that's comfortable for him. And then you also include the fact that they just have like the resources and they're a competitive program that has like expectations of winning. So, and they're going to hire Jim Leonard, I think, which I, to me is just like, you got really pissed off at Paul Chris for the lack of organization (laughs) and like everything that was going on within the program. And then you're going to hire from within that program. It is that, you know what? I I say that a lot. I I shouldn't complain because we've got lucky so far and kept, I I said the same thing about Ryan day. I'm like, Oh, great. That's, that's, that's what we need to do is keep, you know, keep the guy from the, well, and then like, look at it, think about it. Well, and then think about it this way. Look at how uh, Barry Alvarez did it. He was very strategic about how he wanted to do it because he knows exactly who he wants to hire. He wants to hire Jim Leonard. So why? So (laughs) he fired Paul Chris the week before Northwestern with a thought in mind. I'm going to give him the easiest. I am going to give him the easiest win possible and the best chance to make a statement and build momentum, so that when I go at the end of the year and hire this guy the fans are behind it because they're going to remember, hey, this guy came in and won three straight. He saw, oh, man, we've got like we've got Northwestern and Michigan State back-to-back with Michigan State coming to Madison. Fire him now. Don't wait. Because yeah, Paul, don't because want Paul will win those games too. Like Paul will also win those games. 100%. So we need to get him out now and let Leonard build the momentum from winning those games, which tells me that they want to hire Leonard – 100 percent and so to me that's that's what's going to happen and leipold's 58 i talked we talked about this on field stormers like if he's going to jump the time is now and the worst thing that could have happened for him is that matt rule got fired because matt rule at nebraska makes all the sense of the world that's one more job yeah but the thing is also though yeah that's what i mean like it's like that you're like but the the thing is too you got like you got to you take the just the football coach out of it. You got to look at the money wise and be like, yeah. I want to take whatever it is right now. My buyout. Look at you, like Jimbo's still at like ninety million or whatever. Like if you're if you're him, you take whatever like cash grab you can get. In two years from now, you can take your dream job and you right. can be you can take the Charlie Rice Charlie Weiss route and get paid by like three different teams for the next ten years. Um, that would be the way to go. Um, all right, man. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this again. Everybody go, uh, check out field stormers, uh, with Walker and Mo every now and then I get to jump in, uh, even more great college football talk. They'll get a lot deeper into the schedules. They'll get a lot deeper into, um, you know, what, you know, the, the who's who and the movings and all that. Uh, Walker's way more tapped into it than I am. Un- unfortunately attending the games and trying to, Try, try to do all this. I don't get to watch as much uh, college football as I like to until the, the latter week. So that's why I have experts like him come on and, uh, you know, go check that out. And, of course, check me out, Japanese Sports, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Walker, thanks a lot for being on, man. This was a blast. And uh, thanks for not uh, dragging me over the coals too bad. <laughs> no, no problem. All right. Maybe – hey, hey, maybe the next time we talk, you know, uh, those, those Rebels are up there. Uh, I'm, you know, really, I'm really, uh, really hoping for we- it. If we can get USC beat on Saturday, then we'll have a shot. Oh, absolutely. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm Jeff from Jeffney Sports. That's Walker, and uh, we are out. Thanks.